Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 135. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is George Alice. The pop singer-songwriter from South Australia recently released her debut EP, entitled Growing Pains. In today's episode, we're speaking with George about why she took her time with the EP, her unearthed experience, and we talk about her love of Adele. Here we go. Our guest today is one of the most exciting pop singer-songwriters in Australia at the moment. Having won Triple J Unearthed High back in 2019 with the track Circles, She's just released her debut EP last week, entitled Growing Pains. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, George Alice. Good morning. How are we? Good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Uh, Where are you joining us from today? I am in my bedroom in my parents' house in Adelaide. It's pretty exciting. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing wrong with that. We are also in Adelaide, uh, so... Oh, South true. Australia represent. Mm. So off South Australia. <laughs> um, George, thank you very much for joining us today. It is an exciting time for you. The EP Growing Pains has been out for a few days. Congratulations. Thank you. It's very exciting. It is is very exciting. I've seen a lot of um a lot of press, a lot of just coverage, people posting about it. How has it been so far having this EP out? It's been so good. I feel like there's a weight lifted off my shoulders. Like, you know, there was um, a, like a lot of time that we put into making this and it was kind of like from the start of my journey until now. It's like everything that we've done, we've put into this body of work. And um, yeah, so it's kind of like a big relief to have it out. I feel like I've just let like, you know, my child like out into the world or something and I'm like, oh, I'm a bit scared, but you can go do your thing now. Like it's fine. But um, yeah, no, I feel really good about it. That's, I imagine that it is kind of like that, that you work on this for quite a while and that it is, it's like the, um, I won't go too far into the analogy because I feel like it might get too messy, but it is like <laughs> as a child, like the fruit of your labor is now out into the world for people to consume, judge, whatever it may be, hopefully enjoy. And I think mostly enjoy. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that's the case. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly how it feels. I feel like I've just let it run free. <laughs> Uh, this is the first, you've, you've obviously been um, releasing singles throughout the last number of years, but it is the first kind of uh, like collection or body of work since you won um, Unearthed High back in 2019. When did you kind of sit down and, and pull the trigger and go, now is the right time to release the EP? 
Um, I think it was kind of like probably end of 2020, 2021. It was kind of like, okay, like and now we're kind of like leading towards something. We've got some singles out, you know, we've been playing all the shows and, you know, doing what we can. Um, but then obviously, you know, the world kind of came to a standstill and it was like, okay, now it's probably a good time to really hone in on the EP and what I want it to be and the vision for it and um, see if we can get it out. And, you know, obviously everything takes time with back end of things. So it was just kind of like letting things happen naturally and I wasn't going to rush it and I didn't want to, you know, make this EP come out and then not feel good about it or, you know, there's bits and pieces that I could have done better or anything like that, especially like, you know, growing up and making this record, it was like, I was probably 15 when I made the first song on it. So it's like, you know, I didn't want to put out a song that, you know, in two years time, I would have been like, oh, if I'd have just waited until I'd grown up a little bit and then I, would you know, would have learned more and known more to be able to make it better. So, um, yeah, probably I'd say like last year, it's probably like, okay, now's the time where it feels good. Yeah, of course. I imagine that there's quite a lot of like 15 year olds, 16 year olds that might not have had, that level of foresight and would definitely be possibly cringing at something that they've released now. I know I maybe did the same, so I think it should be commended that you did <laughs> kind of wait. Yeah, I think so. I think it was um, really important for the way I was going. A hundred percent. I know that after winning Unearthed High, I think a lot of acts would kind of maybe rush into, and again, each to their own, everyone's journey is different. I think a number of people would kind of rush into releasing something or um, putting something out straight away. I know that you took a little bit more time and space with that. You did a bit of traveling, I believe, to New York and London. Do you think that helped with the process of like your songwriting craft and, and I guess the eventual EP that is out now? Yeah, I think so. I know there was, um, there's one song on the EP that I made while I was in LA and it was my first LA trip. And, you know, I'd never really like been in the world of um, writing sessions before. Like I've only done, I've only done like a couple at the time and um, thought it was a good time for me to be able to just like focus in on, you know, meet some good people and learn from them and take that opportunity just to like soak everything up. Um, but I think just the traveling and meeting so many people, because I did meet literally everybody that I could have met. Like I met so many people that it was just like, okay, there's just, so much to, to learn here, so many amazing mentors and there was just so much that I could have soaked up. So I, I'm glad that I took the time to do that. Um, and now at least then I had all of that energy to put into this EP rather than, you know, kind of just letting all of that knowledge float around for a few years until I figure <laughs> out what to do with it. It was kind of like there was something there for me to put that energy into, um, which I think is has really helped the the final outcome. Yeah, definitely. The The current single, Hold On, is kind of just going gangbusters everywhere. I feel like that every time I turn on Triple J or the radio or anything on social media, it is going very, very well. And from what I understand is that this song was written around the same time as Circles back then and it's just kind of been, you know, gestating or growing in the background since until it's um, released this year. Yeah, I actually wrote Hold On the the same day that I wrote Circles. Well, I started it probably a bit before because um, I, I had the track already from Xavier Dunn and it was kind of just like very, very just rough, um, just kind of like a, a blueprint of what it could be. So I was just trying to like practice writing and I was probably like 15, just trying to practice writing and I was in my bedroom writing this little song. And then um, I went to Melbourne and met up with Maribel and we, um, we wrote Circles and then we wrote uh, – 
hold on because I was like I have this idea and I'm kind of stuck with it like I don't really know what to do with it and she helped me finish it and then yeah we kind of just like chipped away at it over the last few years which I think it needed that time especially within you know I didn't want it to be you know like one of those songs where it kind of like lived in the shadows of anything else that I'd put out and because I didn't think it was as strong as any of the others um but yeah I'm really glad that I waited until the time that I did because I feel like now it's like another another new chapter and another step it it sounds different to my other stuff and yeah now it kind of fits in a lot better yeah 100 percent the both songs I feel show this incredible maturity and kind of songwriting chops almost not beyond your years obviously you're doing quite well with it um but it is like (laughs) these (laughs) uh this uh like beautiful kind of classic songwriting and I'm curious when you were coming up and starting out in music obviously at a very young age do you remember when you kind of sat down to begin with and worked out that you could songwrite and enjoyed the the challenge of songwriting I think it, it took me a really long time. I say a long time. I was still like 15, but it, I, cause I really had this goal of doing it from when I was like very, very young and I was probably 10, 11. And I started, you know, playing like cover sets in cafes and in pubs and stuff. And every weekend I was in like a different um, cafe or restaurant, like playing in the corner, all these cover songs. And I was like, I love all these songs so much that I want to be able to write a song that I love just as much as these covers. And I just couldn't do it for some reason. It just wouldn't work. And I was getting so frustrated. And then I kind of took a step away from it and was like, okay, just, you know, live your life. And you know, if you can't write songs, you can't write songs. It's okay. (laughs) And uh, kind of just accepted that I was, that I could not write songs. And then one day, I kind of just sat down and started writing this little it was almost like a poem and it was about a movie that I was watching at the time and it wasn't even a finished song um I kind of just yeah just like wrote this like little there was these two songs one about like a war or something and then another one about coffee like just something like super basic and weird and boring but um it kind of helped flick that switch and I feel like I needed something to flick the switch and then everything just came so naturally after that once I figured out you just got to stop thinking about it and then it will happen. Um, but yeah, now with everything that I've learned, all the people that I've met, I'm hoping that I can continue to grow, you know, grow this passion and um, hopefully improve it a little bit. Yeah, of course. It, I feel that again, like the, the talent or the caliber of songwriting that this EP shows is just fantastic and would, mm-hmm. um, the, the fact that, I guess your age, with, with with how young you are, it is quite impressive. Um, I know that the EP was produced, I believe, with Gab Strum, who is also um, uh, affectionately known or professionally known as Japanese Wallpaper. How did that kind of working relationship come about? Um, I met Gab. I feel like I super randomly met Gab at, like, backstage at an all-day show uh, like right after Unearth High and I didn't, I mean, I, I love Japanese wallpaper. Like I have always listened to his music, um, but didn't really put two and two together until someone was like, Hey, that's Japanese wallpaper. And I was like, Oh, I listen. Like I literally have your songs in my playlist. <laughs> and then we kind of just hung out and then, um, yeah, we just kind of like stayed in contact and stayed friends. And then, you know, like I would get songs back and they wouldn't really feel, you know, like, like where I wanted them or maybe not in the same lane as what I was trying to get to, uh, with this EP and I didn't really know what I was doing with it, but I know that Gab has one on earth high. So he's been, he's been through it. And, um, he also like, we listen to a lot of similar music and also he's just like a genius, like so beyond his years that he's just knows what he's doing. And, um, 
yeah, I just feel like he was just the perfect mentor rather than I didn't look to him as like a producer to finish this record. I looked to him as a mentor that I could learn from. And that's exactly what I did. And I kind of just literally would just go and sit in his studio for days and we would just work away at these songs until they felt right. And, um, yeah, he just, he smashed it out the park. He just, you know, understood everything that I was doing and, he also never made me feel like I was asking a dumb question because I, I asked questions and I would always be embarrassed that they were like stupid or that I should have known the answer. But um, yeah, he never made me feel stupid for that, which was good. That's very nice to hear. I'm glad that he is all the accounts that we've heard <laughs> from him. Um, I think Ty and James Org and a few other people have all said that he's an absolute gentleman. So I'm glad to hear that that uh, reputation yeah. is still intact. <laughs> yes, he is the best person ever. <laughs> <laughs> when you are in the studio with someone like him, do you find, uh, I guess, what do you like as a collaborator? Do you enjoy having someone to bounce ideas off of, whether they be a co-writer, co-producer, or do you prefer to kind of be able to have a idea almost finished to a degree and then, then have someone come in at like a later stage and pick it apart then? Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think when I was younger, I like when I first started, I really loved to have co-writers and I think that came down to not having a lot of confidence and I really didn't believe in what I was doing and I didn't have anything to show for what I had in my brain. I was kind of just like, oh, I think I can write a song, but there's no proof that I can write a song. So, you know, I could be awful at it and just, you know, you know, being cocky. So, um, yeah, I kind of just, I used to always go with co-writers and um, really dominant producers that would like help me, guide me in the right direction, which was really good to learn from. But then I think there comes a time where you have to leave that behind and kind of sway into going your own direction. And um, that's when I kind of just started writing. My, my mom and dad bought me a piano for like my 17th birthday or my 16th birthday and um I just kind of started sitting at the piano and just writing all these like there would be maybe a verse and a chorus or just a chorus and then I would take them to Gab or take them to a producer and say this is what I've got and then yeah we both would kind of work alongside each other a lot more which I really like and um we just kind of yeah just kind of uh, form the song but do it in like a little parallel way which was really nice yeah of course I've noticed online um, that one of the tracks of the EP, Haunted, seems to kind of be getting a lot of love, a lot of like fan love for this song, uh, which I believe does close out the EP. As we discussed before, it is like a, 
your your baby, your child going out into the world. And I know that you're never meant <laughs> to ask a parent if they have a favourite child. But on this occasion, are we able to pick a standout child from the pack? I think the standout child song for me is definitely haunted. I feel like that's my that's my little it's my little baby. And um I don't know, I feel like I might have I could have been, I could be totally wrong because I have a bad memory, but I could have been the youngest when I wrote that song or started writing that song. Um, because I was still in high school and I would just not go to class and I would just sit and hide away <laughs> and write these songs. And um I think that was one of the songs that I kind of started with. So it's so cool to be able to finish my first body of work with a song that I made when I was like 14, 15, and then got to finish it with like my favorite producers in the world. So yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah, of course. It is a beautiful song. Thank you. Of course. Uh the the EP is your like it's your first body of work, as we said, but it's also your first release under Lorna Vista uh, Recordings, which is an incredible label. And you're kind of, your label mates with people like St. Vincent, Soccer Mummy, I think Denzel Curry's on there as well. Yeah. Being at such a young age and signing to a label like that, what was that kind of experience like? Um, It was really good. You know, they always made me feel like there was no pressure, which I think was really nice and I think for a long time it's really hard to find especially when you have something that like a kid that wins on FI I think it's a it takes a long time for people to register that you actually are a kid still like you know like yes you're out doing all these amazing things and you know you've got this song that's doing well and you know you, you have to carry yourself like a businesswoman and you know do all this stuff but and I'm talking all the adult talk, but I was not walking that adult <laughs> walk. Like I was, I was 16. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And, um, I think a lot of, uh, A&Rs and, you know, um, label people, maybe they forget that sometimes. And, you know, I think Loma Vista, they were just the best at talking to me like a kid still and just being like, yeah, like whatever you want to do. Like if you, you know, like if you want to make a song today, go and make a song and, you know, we'll give you some feedback and just super open-minded, which I think is what I need to be able to grow. Um, but yeah, just the best. I mean, and there's a lot of amazing labels in Australia, especially as well as America. But um, yeah, love those guys. Yeah, of course. Just touching on what you said, have you spoken to any of the uh, the following unearthed high artists since your win? Because I imagine, as you said, it is a shock to the system. Also, uh, almost like you are a, a kid when all this is happening. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I always try to reach out to um to everyone in Unethi and I feel like oddly we're all kind of friends. Like I feel like it's like this weird unspoken thing that everyone's just like buddy buddies anyway because it's like <laughs> we're the only kids in like the whole world that can like feel this feeling. Like, you know, there's no one else that's been through what we went through and um I think that's really special. It's like this weird little bonding thing that we didn't even know about. But uh yeah, I always reach out to everyone. Um and especially I reach out to Teenage Jones because we've known each other for a long time, being from Adelaide. And uh, we've both kind of watched each other's journeys from when we were like 14 until now. So to be able to be there for each other and like even just at their party that we threw for them when they won on Earth High, it's like you could, I could just be there and just, you know, everything's going to be fine. Like it's, you know, this is the best thing ever. And, you know, you've got all this support around you. I feel like that was so nice just to be a part of. Um, but yeah, I always message, even if I see just like up and coming artists, I'm, I'm a shameless DMer. I'll just DM people <laughs> and be like, Hey, here for you, here for you, if you need some love. <laughs> That's very cool. And very like, very heartwarming. I think just to be able to like, for you to pass on your knowledge and, um, 
I guess, experience to those people and be able to make sure that they know that it's okay as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really nice to be able to do. Yeah, of course. The the EP is taking you out on the road again. You are getting to support it in May and you're also playing Splendor later in the year, which I imagine is very exciting. It's very, very exciting. It's a big bucket list. <laughs> uh, how, yeah, I guess, well, like to begin with, how prepped are you? How ready are you to kind of get back on the road and, and play yeah. some of these songs to audiences? I think I'm ready. I I feel like we've been playing a couple of festivals every now and then. And, you know, obviously everyone's, I feel like everyone's been um, like you've put all your instruments in the wardrobe for the last like two years, but I'm taking them out <laughs> and we're doing the thing and it's going to be great. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited just to be able to like show a different side of me. I feel like I've done a lot of growing up and I think that that's uh, a really nice thing to be able to showcase over these next few shows and tours. And um, yeah, I know I think, with this EP being out, I feel so much more comfortable already like performing these songs and I have really bad imposter syndrome. So I'm always like, no one cares. Like no one cares what you're singing right now. Like no one, no one's ever heard it before. So they don't care about it. But now the songs <laughs> are out, they'll care about it hopefully. So um, yeah, that, that'll be a really nice feeling, I think. Yeah, of course. I imagine that you're going to have a lot of people there who are singing these songs back to you and, and who are um, showing you that they care about them as well. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> um, George, uh, would you be okay to talk about the playlist that you sent through today? Yes, absolutely. Well, I was going to ask, I know to begin with, I know that you're a big Adele fan and that Rolling in the mm-hmm. Deep might have been like a, a big factor of you becoming a singer or like a songwriter as well. Is that right? Yeah. Rolling the Deep was like the first, um, the first song, I guess that I, that I started singing and I would play it, play the little album, um, on my Hello Kitty radio in my bedroom when I was like seven (laughs) and, uh, I would rock out to it. And, uh, that's kind of what taught me how to sing. That's very, very cool. What was it about that song? Uh, initially, I guess like that, that drew you in because Adele has quite a few songs in, in her catalog that, you know, showcase her huge voice and, and intense songwriting. But yeah, what was it about that song? Um, I think, I don't know. I just really love, I mean, I think it was like the biggest one off the album at the time. And I just, um, I would hear it on the radio. Like every time I got in the car, I'd be like, yeah, this song slaps. Like it's so good. <laughs> and then I wouldn't, like, I would not get in the car unless it wasn't playing, like, unless it wasn't was playing. And, um, yeah, I just kind of, I just loved everything about it. I loved her voice and I loved how the chorus just like erupted into this big emotional thing. I didn't even know what was happening, but I just thought it was so cool. And even like the feeling that I would get when I would be like singing along to it, it's like it just builds and then explodes into this big chorus. And yeah, it was something that I hadn't really heard before. It is a very, it is a great track. Just overall, I don't think I can word any better or simpler. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One of the other tracks uh, on the players that you included, I'm not sure if you can see behind me, um, was Motion Sickness by Phoebe Bridges, which we will always yes. gladly talk about um, on this podcast. Yes, yes, Big yes. Phoebe Bridges fans. <laughs> um, what was it yep. about this song that uh, made you include it? Um, I, I just feel like Phoebe Bridges is like, 
another big like kind of on par with Adele in my brain because um she just like the way that she writes is just really really clever and I just love the storytelling and I think that's something that I've always tried to try to do but I never really had a like a reference or an inspiration for that and I was always just trying to like shoot in the dark and kind of you know write this certain way and then when I heard it I was like oh my gosh this is what I've been trying to do for the last gazillion years and you know now I had this amazing person to look up to and this song is just I reckon it's like one for the books it's like the greatest of all time I would agree with you on that very much so. (laughs) Um, With I guess touching on what you've just said, like with your own songwriting, because I I with I think the thing that I really enjoyed about this EP was the fact that the songs they are mainly electronic or like kind of dancey, poppy, whatever you kind of genre people want to place them in, but they're also good songs at the core of them. I think there's, if people want to go online and we'll put some in the show notes as well, is that these songs work as singer-songwriter kind, singer-songwritery kind of songs as well. Like there's online clips of you playing Hold On, Circles, um, I think Mid-Years, like just on acoustic guitar, and they seem to still hold up in that structure as well. Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of these songs are like songs that I just kind of grew up listening to, and I think I pull inspiration from all these hidden places that I just don't really remember at the time. And I think that, yeah, looking through the EP and then comparing it to like, you know, the songs that I've grown up with, I think that it's pretty much like a reflection of my childhood. And that's why I called it growing pains because I feel like it, it has been a reflection of me until, until now. And um, I think that's going to be really cool for me to look back on in, you know, a million years time. I can look back at this EP and go, that's practically my childhood. <laughs> That's very fair. I can I can respect that. Um, the the last track I wanted to talk about was uh, it's a song that I think might be like a cousin or like a distant relative to a song of yours. You've included "Never Really Over" by Katy Perry. <laughs> yes, and I feel that this song could be like yeah a distant relation to to mid years in the way that the verses kind of build and then the chorus sonically just like cuts through if that makes sense oh my gosh i've never i've never thought of that before and that's the biggest compliment i could ever receive this song (laughs) is like an anthem and i've listened to it religiously over the last like year and um i've never even thought of that and now mid years is like my favorite song so that's good (laughs) (laughs) i was listening to it i was listening to your playlist and obviously listening to the ep as well in preparation and then just like it gave me the same kind of like rush I guess for lack of a better term when you when that chorus does drop in and it slices through it's um yeah what what is it about this song that made you include it on your playlist I think it is like just the poppiness of it like I I I never I would never give in and admit my love pop music ever until like the (laughs) last couple of years where I'm like okay pop music is just like if you run pop music you run the world like this is it's the greatest thing and um this song especially you know, you hear it on the radio. It's probably one of those songs that, you know, plays all the time. And, like, it's, like, the same, like, out of the four tracks that get played on, like, national radio and, like, played over and over again. Everyone's heard it and, you know, probably sick of it by now because it's played so much. But I never got sick of it. And I just love how, like, stagnant everything was. And then it would erupt into this chorus. And it was just, like, the most, like, the simplest thing ever. But it just worked so well. And it was so just, like, chugs along, like, so stagnant. Um, But, yeah, I think that's why I loved it. And now looking at mid-years and comparing the two, 
the chorus of mid years, I think does the exact same thing. So that makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. It is, um, it is a fantastic track as is mid years. And I imagine that there's a lot of people doing a similar thing. A lot of, um, well, a lot of young people, regardless of gender or whatever, that are listening to your EP and kind of having that same thought that you were about never really oh. over. Of course. <laughs> um, George, congratulations again on Growing Pains, the EP. It is out now. And thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And that's our show. A massive thank you to George Alice for her time. Growing Pains is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the EP or see her on tour. We also want to give a huge shout out to Rhiannon at Positive Feedback for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to George's playlist in the show notes where you'll be able to listen to all of her playlist picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.